Today's lesson's a little more of a topical lesson um, versus just focusing on one passage of Scripture. So um, the topic's going to be on the Christian at work and what our mindset should be around the work that we do. Um, there's a lot of Scripture that the author of this lesson has in here, so we're going to be turning a lot. <coughs> but to... Uh, Start off with, let's um, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31 says, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Um, you know, that this verse is a verse that's very familiar to us. Most of us could probably quote this verse. Um, and as the author listed this as the theme verse here, I kind of just stopped and was pondering this verse some, but... Um, for those of you that had breakfast this morning, when you sat down to eat your breakfast, you had the ability to glorify God through that. Um, for those of you that skipped breakfast and just had your coffee, that you had the ability through that to bring glory to God. Um, and so this verse here says, whether you eat or drink, which are pretty basic things, that, that word eat there in that verse just means to consume. So whether you're consuming something um, for your bodily needs or, or for um, whether you're drinking something. And if that's not enough, he goes on and says, or whatsoever, and that word whatsoever means anything, do all to the glory of God. And I think sometimes we, um, uh, we compartmentalize our lives, and I think maybe this is, is more common in the U.S. culture where I have my social life, and I have my spiritual life, and I have my marriage life, and I have my, my workplace or my career life, and never the twain shall meet. Um, but God desires in all of that and in all of those functions that we bring glory to Him. And uh, today's lesson is primarily going to focus on how you do that um, in the workplace. Uh, if you just follow along in your notes there under the introduction, it says, the Bible has a great deal to say about how you are to conduct yourself on your job, either as an employee or an employer. About one-fourth of a person's adult life is spent on a job. So a quarter of your life is spent um, on your career or on your job. It's a good portion of time. It is essential for the Christian to learn how the Lord would have you work and fulfill your responsibilities there. Be careful not to restrict your Christian testimony to just church and home. This lesson is intended to help you be the type of employee or employer that God would have you to be. Um, sometimes I listen to a lot of stuff on business or on leadership, and uh, one person said, employees come late, leave early, and take what they can from the company. And sadly, that's 
true in a lot of circumstances, but that should never be said of the Christian on the job. Um, basic principles. All Christians are supposed to work and not be lazy. Um, if you turn over to Genesis chapter 2, I found this really interesting. Genesis chapter 2. In verse 15, it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. That word dress there um, means to labor, to do work, to serve another by labor. And uh, the point here is that even before the fall of man, God instituted work. And in fact, if you pause and think about it, man's tendency to laziness, um, you know, sometimes I think we uh, think about the labor of work as being part of the fall, and certainly there's an aspect of that. If you, uh, the next reference there um, is where he talks about after the fall where the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread and so certainly there was another aspect of labor that came after the fall but before even the fall of man God instituted labor um, and so really the tendency to want to be lazy or the, the mindset that uh, life was was just whatever you wanted to do before the fall is, is not really what the scripture rec uh, references here. And there's a part of man, even prior to the fall, where God designed him to work. And particularly that word dress means to serve another by labor. That God designed man, even before the fall, to serve him through physical labor. And our tendency to want to be lazy, I think, is probably more um, uh, trickle-down effect of the sin nature of man um, than this utopia that was before the fall. Um, I referenced that verse, but if you just turn a page over to chapter 3 and verse 17, it references maybe how some of that dynamic changed. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. And so we see here, as already pointed out, that there does seem to be a, a function of labor that, that changed where, um, where labor becomes more difficult and the sweat of man is involved. But back to your notes here, it says, we are made to work. We are not made to have the easy life. The easy life comes in heaven and after hard work. And... Um, even again, I don't know if our interpretation of the easy life being lazy 
is what's going to be in heaven. I think that man's going to potentially be fulfilled in serving God um, even there in heaven. Primarily, basic principles. Primary on a full-time job for a man. Um, we got a lot of references here, so I'm going to um, get some of you guys' help. Chris, will you look up that Second Thessalonians 3 verse? And uh, Seth, will you get that Titus 2, 3, and 5? And that First Timothy 5, 13, and 14 reference. Man was made primary to, for man, this is primary on a full-time job. Chris, do you have that? All right, so Paul here indicates that, um, that if a man is not working, that man should not be eating, that man needs to be earning his bread through the labor that he does, um, which goes a little bit contrary to some of our socialistic, um, socialized programs. Um, and what that tends to, as Paul alludes in this verse, is working not at all, but our busybodies. And when man is not uh, physically doing work, he tends to get himself into trouble. And I think um, we could probably even reflect in our own lives when we've had idle time, uh, how it can lead us to no good. Um, and so he says here that, that they need to go work and, and, that they, and that with quietness they work. There's something about a man having to put in a hard day's labor uh, that doesn't give him the energy to be foolish, but also gives him um, some accomplishment in, in what he's accomplished for the day. Um, for a man, this is primarily a full-time job. If a man who is able to work is not working, he ought not to eat. Nobody should pity that man, and that man ought to fast, and seek a job until he gets it. It's that important to his character. If a man is not working, his health will only collapse, as will his family. It is interesting working in healthcare, seeing some of the physical ailments that man has, and when you get to know people some, knowing um, how some of the idleness in their life or being on socialized programs has led to even their health problems. Um, in Christianity, um, for, for a woman, this is primarily at home. Um, Seth, what does Titus 2, 3 through 5 say? Good obedience to the Lord husband, that the word of God 
Yeah, um, and we're going to, later on in this same lesson, it's going to get a little bit more into um, just talking about when and in what cases women should be working in the workforce. But in today's world and in um, what we would, what this term out there that would be called cultural Christianity, um, even the world of Christendom has gotten away from God's design and God's fulfillment for the role of a woman. And, and God designed, and it was in God's plan, for them to be keepers at home. And when you, when you see women most fulfilled who are mothers and who have the opportunity to be at home, uh, you see them most fulfilled in that role because that is God's plan. Um, and sometimes there's this persona that stay-at-home moms or the mother at home has the easy life. Um, and I'm here to tell you that is, not, that is not the case. Whether I reflect back on my own mother raising eight children um, or the work that my wife does at home and even the level of success that I have in the workplace is largely due to the labor that she does in keeping things on the home front running. Um, and that's the way God designed it to be. And so this idea that stay-at-home moms have it cushy is not, is not the case. In fact, moms frequently, I get a clock off at work and come home. Moms frequently never clock off. Um, all right, turn the page there. So we're talking again about basic principles of labor. God hates laziness, idleness, and slothfulness. Proverbs 6.6, 6. actually this is a good one to turn to. Turn over to Proverbs 6.6. 6. Proverbs 6, 6 says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When, thou when wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shalt thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. So we see here that God hates laziness, God hates idleness. He, he says, look at nature. Nature is out there working to provide for itself, in the example of the ant. And, um, and he says that for the man that wants to sleep, wants to slumber, doesn't want to work, that what cometh from that is poverty and travail. And so, um, you know, even as a Christian, the, the desire or tendency to sometimes be lazy um, is something that God hates. If you are not working and yet not dying in a hospital, then you are sinning against God, against your family, and against yourself. 
get a job. Um, and then, next section there, all Christians are servants of the Lord. In other words, serve your Lord throughout your entire day at home and at work. Again, getting back to that um, idea of kind of compartmentalizing your life, that God wants you to be serving Him in everything you do, and that includes what's going on in your work area. Um, Romans 1.1 tells us, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. And the, the, the point he's making there is that Paul was a servant of Jesus Christ. Romans 1.1 says that the Christian's primarily, primary job is to serve Christ. So when we labor at anything, we are to do it for Him. Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So serve the Lord, mowing grass, building houses, making clocks, digging ditches, designing computers, standing guard. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Serving God is a full-time job, not just when you go to church. First um, Peter 3.15 tells us, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Um, and so he's talking about being ready always to give an answer, and that would, that would um, mean also in your, in your place of employment, in your, in your field of work, that while you're there fulfilling a job, that your, your other job there is to be ready to give an answer to those around you and to be a witness. Um, if we think of 2 Timothy 4.2, which is also referenced there, that's that reference that says, to preach the word, to be instant in season and out of season. And the implication he's saying there is that you need to be able and should be being a witness um, in your place of work. We need to serve the Lord Jesus by always doing things for others. Um, we'll look at some more references here. Um, Mike, can you look up 1 Corinthians 12? And Josh, do you want to get that Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 verse? So we're talking about as a Christian, all Christians are servants of the Lord. That serving the Lord is our primary job. That we ought to serve Him whatever we're doing. That serving God is a full-time job. And then on the number four there, serve the Lord especially at church. The Bible is very clear that every Christian is an integral part of a local church and that each member's contribution is vital to that local fellowship of believers. God expects every Christian to be involved in doing the Lord's work by witnessing and caring about the needs of others. Just what does that 1 Corinthians 12 say? Oh, my.
Um, and Josh, you want to read that Ephesians reference? Effectual working in the measure of every part. Um, that my serving doesn't clock off when I get to come to church. And, and oftentimes we think about serving God in the body in the sense of, you know, what ministries am I involved in or am I um, singing in the choir or whatever. And certainly all those apply to the functionings of a body. But... Um, but also just pausing and thinking, when's the last time you served somebody in your body? When's the last time you looked for the need of somebody within Plaquemine Baptist Church and you reached out to help them? Sometimes, um, sometimes we formalize, really formalize service in the church to what ministries I, I'm a part of. Um, and tend to overlook maybe some of the day-to-day -day involvement of being involved in people's lives and in helping with needs. And so just be careful about institutionalizing your service in a church by checking the box because you play the piano or you clean the church or you sing in the choir. Um, I think when we study the oneness of the church and the church body, um, that God intended it for, to go deeper than that. All Christians are servants of the Lord. Then number C, a job is what God gives you so that you can serve. Think about that. We need, it's going to expound on this, but we need, um, the fact is we, you need money to function in today's world. But why, but what is your, What's your focus? What's your um, drive to get that money? A job is what God gives you so that you can serve. In today's world, and it's really, really easy to get sucked into this mindset out there in the secular world, the world today says your first responsibility is to yourself. But, but God says your first ministry is to your family. He lifts 1 Timothy 3, 1 there, which is, um, which is the passage that talks about the qualifications of a bishop. And there's no reason why we shouldn't hold ourselves to the same standard as God would require for the man of God. But there in, um, in 1 Timothy 3, he says, This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop... He desireth a good work. And then when you then down in verse 4, it says, in talking about that office, he says, One that ruleth well his own house, 
having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? And so, um, in God's economy, uh, being able to manage and serve your own house is something that God puts a lot of emphasis on and something that God focuses on even to be able to serve um, officially in a church capacity as a pastor. And so we see here the principle that your first ministry is to your family. Um, uh, chapter 5 of 1 Timothy expounds on that in a little different way, and he says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And so God's talking here about being able to provide physically for the needs of your house and uses some really strong language when he says that the man that's not able to do that, the man that's not caring for his own house, has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So in God's economy, your first ministry is to your family. Um, your second ministry is to your church family. Let's look over, let's turn over there to that Galatians reference. Galatians 6.10 says, If we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men. So he's talking here about doing good or serving all of mankind. And then he distinguishes that and says, Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Um, Hebrews 10.25, which is a... Uh, passage you'll be familiar with says not, is the passage that says not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching and that word exhorting there in Hebrews means um, to comfort means to entreat means to console to encourage um, to instruct to teach and so the point here is God designed you to be serving your family. Your second ministry should be serving in your church family. And, um, you know, sometimes even within a church, we can begin to be as the disciples who, who said, um, you know, who, Lord, who's going to sit, gonna sit on, your, on your right hand? Who's going to be closest? And sometimes even within a church, we can begin to um, have a mindset that, uh, well, I'm more important than this member over here, or I'm more important than that. And we, and we perhaps would never be so prideful as to say that, but we can begin to think that, and there can be, even begin to be a hierarchy thinking in our mind when the point here is about serving and when I'm a servant, um, there's, no, there's no status. When I'm a servant, I'm looking after the needs of other people. And so um, 
just be careful. There's a need to be careful when we think about serving our church that that, um, that that doesn't mean any type of hierarchy. It means serving other people. Um, so, first responsibility is to your family. Your second ministry is to your church family. And then your third ministry is to reach the lost. Um, look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 tells us, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. If you've been reconciled to Christ, then you've also received the ministry of reconciliation, which is to reach out and to be a witness and to seek to bring others um, to Christ. Um, down there in verse 20, he also says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. That, that as a saved man here on this earth, that I am an ambassador for Christ. Um, your third ministry is to reach the lost. By meeting those responsibilities, your own needs will be met. In your, in your, your job in life is meant by God to financially support all of the above ministries. But without your job, you will be very limited in serving God in the above ministries. Don't let Satan trick you into laziness and defeat. And when you think about your job being part of your job being to do the work of reconciliation or to be an ambassador where more are you going to rub shoulders with people that need a witness that need um, to be saved than, than in your place of work where more are you going to bump into more people than for most of us, some of us, some of you work from your basement. Um, but for most of us, when you're at, when you're out in work, is when you're interacting with people the most out in the world. Um, all right, we're talking about. Make sure I got my notes right here. All right, D, your attitude at home or work is critical to your testimony. We're talking about just basic principles of working. Your attitude at home or at work is critical to your testimony. Attitudes toward your job. You should view your job as a ministry opportunity, not just a job. For most Christians, your fellow workers or your neighbors are the greatest exposure you have to unsaved people. Your life may be the only true witness of the Lord Jesus that they may ever see. You are a light representing Jesus Christ in a dark world. 
that Matthew referenced there is the one about talking about um, let your light so shine unto men. And it goes on talks about, you know, do you put a light under a bushel? Um, and so God has placed you, even in your place of work, to be a light. Your life should reflect and demonstrate the Bible in living color. 2 Corinthians um, Second Corinthians 3, 2 there says, Ye, Paul was talking to the church there in Corinth, and he said, Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. An epistle is just another word for a letter. And really what Paul is saying there is that you are a living letter written by God for all to read about him. Um, and so, how do people in your workplace know you? Um, a mother has the greatest opportunity to present Christ to, her ch to their children. Don't let anybody demean or mock motherhood. You will have a much greater influence on those you spend the most time with. Although total strangers are surely an opportunity for a witness, those who can see a consistently consistent testimony of a Christian's life are much easier to win. You know, um, as I was reading that, I was, I was just thinking about the amount of time that my wife spends with Clayton versus the amount of time I spend with Clayton. And I'm gone for at least 10 to 11 hours, um, four to five days a week. And so that's 10 to 11 more hours that she's spending with him. And so um, the point he's making here is that as a mother, you have perhaps one of the greatest influences on your children and on shaping their heart to receive the gospel. Um, basic principles. Attitudes towards the company and management you work for. You ever been frustrated with your employer? You ever had a bad attitude towards your boss? Um, he says here, serve in your job as if God was your employer. Um, and that's a little convicting because even as I look past back over the last week, did I did I serve my employer as if I was serving God? That, um, that Ephesians verse says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service, as to the Lord and not to men. It's interesting here how he says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ. You're frustrated, you're venting to your fellow employee, and your manager walks through the door. Oh, hi!
Have a grateful attitude at work. Don't get caught up in the complaining that normally goes on. The same is true among women. Don't get caught up complaining to other women about your family, the workload. That brings, that brings a bitter spirit into your life, into your home, and into the homes of the people you talk to. Respect the authority of your employer's position. Obviously, no employer will be correct on every point, and you certainly can disagree with them. But you are to submit to their leadership, using it as an opportunity to show them a testimony of the Lord. Um, let's look over at that Titus verse. Titus 2, 9 and 10. Servants, exhort servants to be obedient to their masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. And the point here is that even, even as we have to be obedient or there has to be somebody in charge at work and somebody that makes the tough decisions and I might not always agree with that, that how I respond to that um, affects the adorning of the doctrine of God our Savior, that affects um, the witness that I show to them. Perlorning means to rob from your employer as in to pinch, to pilfer, or to pocket the change. This obedience only goes until the cross, until they cross clear biblical lines of right and wrong. Example of being asked to sell liquor or something like that. Respect your company's property. Care for it as if it was yours. It not, does not belong to you, so do not partake. That Leviticus reference just talks about. Um, to not steal, to not deal falsely, to not lie one to another. And so you ought to respect the, comp the property of your company. Respect your company's time. Do eight hours of work for eight hours of pay. Um, that Second Corinthians reference says, providing for honest things not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. That we ought to be honest um, with, the, with the time that we're putting in. And be efficient. That means work hard and not your best. The biblical word for diligence. You are to do the very best that you can to help the company succeed and make your employer look good. Um, not that uh, Romans verse says, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And so there's a, there is a tendency, especially when you get into the grind, to, uh, to want to just be slothful, to want to just log the time. And 
And Paul warns about that. 